One in two women wear the wrong foundation. Which one are you? Get on the better looking side of those odds with Il Maquillage. Using AI, Il Maquillage virtually shade matches you to the perfect foundation. Their foundation has over 50,000 five-star reviews thanks to its luxe lightweight formula. And with 50 shades, there's a flawless finish for everyone. Take the Power Match quiz to find yours at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence of Sound, the podcast. This feed is home to all your favorite Consequence of Sound editorial content turned into bite-sized podcasts for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know. Most often, it's home to album reviews as well as features like track-by-track and artist interviews. Well, Lollapalooza just happened, and as a result, we've got a whole host of artist interviews from on-site at Lollapalooza. So join us as we discuss the history of this revered festival and defining performances with artists old and new to the Lollapalooza stage. I am Tyler Clark for Consequence of Sound here with Justin Young of The Vaccines. Justin, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. First of all, I think congratulations are in order. Uh, The new record, Combat Sports, is um, killing it. Uh, It's getting great reviews. I know I checked on... Metacritic this morning, it's got the highest average of anything you guys have ever done. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, in sort of listening to it myself and and reading, you know, some of the coverage of it, what for you were the stakes uh, going into the studio for this record? And then how also has this response felt subsequently? I think, I think sort of, I guess, like facing reality and knowing that like, you know, four albums in, you have to sort of take a good hard long look in the mirror and question like why anyone would listen to what you do over what you know a million other people are doing and and so I think that starts with falling back in love with what you what you do and and I suppose like getting up and doing it for yourself and that's why everyone starts a project in the first place isn't it and I think perhaps maybe along the way we lost our sort of a sense of that a little bit and stopped enjoying it as much as we had done when we first started so I think primarily we wanted to make a record that we loved uh, and that we hoped, I guess, people that loved the band would as well. So that was kind of like the MO. And then beyond that, it wasn't really, it wasn't too contrived. It was like, let's just try, try and, I, I think the other thing as well is, you know, by four, by album four, you're trying to figure, you should really, I guess, have figured out what it is that you do that no one, you know, what's like the skeleton of what you, what is the skeleton? What's at the core of what you do? And so I think it was probably a bit of a journey of discovery with regards to that as well, trying to work out what it is that makes the vaccines the vaccines. And what did what did you find? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I think that we I think that we do. I think there are some things we do really well. I think there's this kind of like me- melancholy sort of like lyrical uh, slant or content with a kind of euphoric, simple uh, sort of classic bit of like pop songwriting. I think with lots of 
I don't know. I mean, I guess playing it like you mean it as well, you know, like singing out and not holding back. And there's a solo on every song on the record, like that kind of, I guess just not holding back. I don't know. And it's been it's been uh, received well, too. Like, uh, I know you've done a couple of uh, dates in the States here before coming to Lollapalooza. How how's the new material been playing in some of those smaller rooms? Well, that's the, that's the other thing as well, isn't it? It's like once you're four albums in, then people aren't on the fence like they're kind of, they're coming. Uh, they're coming because they really love what you do. So actually, the, the shows—they've been—they've ama- genuinely been amazing. I mean, like you never know what to expect when you come so far away from home. But yeah, they've been great. And actually, that was another really important thing for us. I think the last record, English Graffiti, we never really worked out how to play it live. So I think this was—that was a really big consideration going into this record. Like, what's it going to feel like when we take 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 it out and you know play it for two years? And it feels. Feels like they feel like old song. I don't know if that's a good thing, but they feel you know it feels so natural. They feel like old. They slot so well in, and, and yeah. I don't get nervous before we play one. <laughs> that's. I mean, I think yeah. that's uh, that's 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 number one, right? I mean, that's that's good. Uh, so, I know that, and you know, I, as a as a fan of rock and roll, I mean, I, I don't know if it's it's almost you know you have to almost specify that these days because you know it, it's kind of felt like. Um, to some extent, like rock and roll's kind of been in a, a bit of a retreat over the last few years, at least like in the popular conscience. Um, but I know that you've predicted that 2018 uh, is going to be a good year for no, guitar rock. Uh, has been? Did you? No, I, def- I think that actually that might have been Freddie, but oh, he's, geez, very, I'm sorry he's a very that. optimistic chap. No, I don't think that at all. I do. Th- I mean, I think like anyone with any sort of like knowledge of music history knows that things tend to like come around. So, what something will reach saturation point, and something will come back around again I do think you know I think that rock and roll gets a lot of flack for kind of being sort of dad music and being too safe and being quite unfashionable but actually I don't think it's unfashionable because it's too safe I think it's too safe because it's unfashionable if that makes sense I'm sure you know like sure. when the strokes broke in 2001 that didn't sound like new music did it it was just it was so I think that I don't know I've spent many an hour theorizing, but I don't think it really. There's clearly an there's clearly there's clearly an appetite. Maybe maybe for the first time in a you know a long time, rock and roll is genuinely alternative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that like I've seen um, some comparisons and some uh, in reviews and everything. You know, people have brought up the Strokes. People have brought up like Guided by Voices and um, and some of those like really solid like you know 70s and 80s like rock bands like yeah. capital capital r capital b and i guess it just got me thinking the um and in listening to the record you know and that 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 guided by voices comparison uh i was wondering what your relationship to productivity is when it comes to like writing and recording um because you know like that like those guys have put out like 20 records a year or whatever are you someone who's always tinkering with new material or do you yeah, write in fits and starts? Definitely. Or? I write every, I like write every day and we're actually, we're playing a new song, maybe even two new songs today that we have literally finished writing like yesterday. So we're like, we're always writing. I think the difficult, you know, I think the difficult thing, you know, now is that like bands, if they want to be able to afford to keep making records, they have to go and tour the records they make. So it actually like slows the process down like quite considerably. But yeah, I'm always writing. And I'm also one of those people that has to write like 40, 50 songs for a record. I can't write 12 that I think are brilliant and then they all go go on. I end up kind of picking and choosing. So there's always like, yeah, I think it's really, I think I've also got to an age now where I kind of have an element of like, I call it like artistic guilt where I wake up in the morning and I feel so lucky about what I'm doing that if I'm not like creating or using the day to create, then I feel like this huge sense of guilt. So I try, I try and write every day. 
Now, I was also reading in uh, a different interview, you were talking about um, sort of the, the sort of alternate universe of unused vaccine songs. And I think you said something like that you arranged them under like fake, fake band names yeah, in yeah. playlists and stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what does that do for you? How does that like help you like recontextualize those? And also like uh, as someone who loves fake band names a whole lot, like what are some of the best fake band names you've come up with for housing these songs i am um, there's lo- well actually i feel like some of them are going to become so this is the thing it does make me feel better because i i i it kind of keeps the flame burning it makes me feel like those songs are still alive and that they might someday see the light of day kind of it un- under a different guise and i actually genuinely believe that a lot of them will um so like a lot of them aren't fake names okay. i uh but i i have like i have like hundreds and hundreds <laughs> i mean there's one there's one i i guess like most of them are like pun, like kind of puns there's one called like gang vape there's one which is pretty this is pretty dark uh acid, acid attack um we have a really big problem with acid attacks in london sure um so there's a there's acid attack the love castle i don't know there's hundreds there's hundreds yeah they're so all know. very good i would yeah. buy a compilation with all three of those on yeah. it i think um so by my count, this is your third Lollapalooza here in Chicago. It is, yeah. Um, 2011, 2013, and this year, yes. I think. Uh, so just kind of taking a high-level view, like, what has changed, I guess, for you in that period of, you know, seven years, uh, both in terms of, like, and maybe what still remains the same, both for you and also for, for the festival, like, in your experience. Well, I think, here. like, when, when we came in 2011, you know, we'd only been a band for about a year and we played the main stage and here we were in, like, you know, Chicago at this, at this festival we'd grown up, like, reading about and, and, and watching footage from and all this sort of stuff and definitely felt, like, very insecure and maybe not necessarily ready. And I just, I just never really felt like we were... Yeah, well, maybe not good enough, but just like I felt very, even just like walking around the, I remember just walking around this like press area in 2011, just feeling so insecure and just like, I definitely am a lot more at peace with who I am and who we are and what we do now. And I really believe in what we do. And I just feel, I think we all feel a lot more relaxed and I think we feel like we're getting better. And I just, yeah, we're just having fun. I feel like we don't feel like pressure maybe in the same way we did like sort of seven years ago. I think we just feel lucky. You say it, feel lucky that we're still being asked back like seven, eight years later. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, I think that's a, uh, you know, that that's sort of the mark of, of some longevity. Like, you know, not not everybody gets that. It, the, the, the first invitation is almost the easiest. And then absolutely, you know, yeah. absolutely. And, you know, especially in the way we came came about, you know, I think the fact we are here seven years later is testament to the fact that, like, you know, yeah, there was there was there was some depth i hope to what we were doing but yeah like you like you say i think the first invitation is the easiest one to book isn't it uh i just have one more question i know i had a i had a, a friend of mine was at this show the other night um uh that you played i think it was at the rock and roll hotel in yes. washington dc i was just wondering what was it like playing a show knowing that donald trump was like miles away like that proximity we, yeah we went like we went to we actually like Johan, our new drummers like had never been to dc so we like went to the White House, and then and then I saw like Donald Trump Jr. had like Instagram story like an hour later that he was like driving past or like driving through, and I guess it it's definitely food for thought. Missed connection. I mean, we're staying yeah. right next to the Trump Tower here in Chicago, so sure. I mean, it's kind of it's everywhere. Isn't yeah. It? I mean, I was gonna say also like I mean, this is your first time back in the states as a band since the election. Like, have you noticed any difference in the vibe or the feeling around, or is it still basically the same same experience? 
I think that's a very that's probably quite. A, I mean, I don't know. What? Do you, how do you feel as an American? I mean, I I think there's a sense of for me, it's a everybody just feels kind of on edge all the time. Yeah, I, little, I think it's a tension. Kind of, I think yeah. it's. I don't know how much of this is 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 real versus how much of this is like perceived. But I def it definitely feels like a country divided in perhaps a way it didn't feel like that to me five years ago. But then I guess I only move in certain circles in certain cities, and so it's kind of unfair of me to I don't know. But yeah, I mean, scary times. Yeah. Absolutely. Stay tuned for more artist interviews from Lollapalooza all week long. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. On Apple Podcasts, you can hop on, leave us a five-star review, and if you got some thoughts to share with us, why not write us a review? And on Podchaser, you can not only rate and review this series, Consequence of Sound, but you could also rate and review this specific episode, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you very soon with an all-new episode of Consequence of Sound. Consequence Podcast Network.